Welcome to the Virtual Classroom Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Ring, and I'm so glad you're here. In the Virtual Classroom, I invite virtual teachers from across the country to sit down and talk to all of us about what it's like to be a virtual teacher. It is my hope that through our conversations, we can educate, collaborate, and of course, connect to build a tribe of virtual teachers. Thanks again so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're talking about writing, both as its own content area and how to include writing in other subjects. Nicole Bryson joins me today to share her expertise on this topic. She participated in a program called Oklahoma Excel. The program invites five to six teachers from 16 districts to receive 36 to 60 hours of professional development over the course of a school year. The program focuses on instructional strategies in math, ELA, science, and social studies. However, Nicole served on the ELA team. Nicole teaches sixth grade ELA and was named district teacher of the year last school year. She's passionate about her students, her school, and of course, writing. Thanks for hopping on, Nicole. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, so I'm uh, Nicole Bryson. Um, I just finished my 17th or 18th year teaching. Uh, my math is never that good. That's why I'm in ELA. But I've taught um, for 17 or 18 years everything from sixth grade English to AP Lit. I've done alternative school um, ELA for ninth through 12th, um, Spanish one and Spanish two and the yearbook. And then the last two years I've been with Oklahoma Virtual Charter Academy teaching sixth grade ELA. And um, I have to say that the virtual teaching world is amazing. OVCA has amazing teachers. Um, I feel like a lot of people are getting maybe burned out in the brick and mortar classroom, or it's just something that they aren't, they don't want to do anymore. So all of these great teachers who are kind of burnt out in brick and mortar have come to OVCA. So um, that's one of the things I love. I teach with some of the most incredible people I've ever met, and we have an amazing administration team. So um, that's my teaching for the last almost two decades. Yeah, and uh, middle school is a happening place. So, uh, everyone I talk to in uh, middle school, you seem to be a really tight squad, and and I love that about you guys and uh, the vibe that you guys project and uh, the unity that you guys project is really incredible. And I think it's because you are middle school and you're all working together, whereas in elementary, we're kind of our own like we, we teach fourth grade. So I work with the fourth grade teachers primarily. So, uh, I'm, I'm hoping someday to do some more vertical alignment and PLCs in that regard. So there is that, uh, collaboration and also unity of the group, but I, I can't think of a better group of teachers than the middle school, just uh, as far as unity goes, because you all seem to know each other first and foremost but then you also work really well together. And I love that. So thank you so much again for being on. You're here to talk to me about, about writing. And the issue, the reason why I picked this topic as one is because I feel that I, I don't have the pressures of a state test 
first and foremost, I don't have that on me with writing, but I know it's important. And so could you tell me a little bit about your work with the OSD Excel, um, the Oklahoma Excel program, and, and then just writing in general and, and just Let's just start off that way. So yeah, why is sure. why is writing important? <laughs> I guess. So uh, that that question, um, I could probably like just talk for two hours. But let's start with uh, uh, what I've been working with recently on writing. The Oklahoma State Department of Education has a, a program called the Excel Program, and um, First of all, I was so excited because I'm not sure about you, Kimberly, but it feels like a lot, a lot of times in education, the like the newest fad or the newest trend um, comes out and, and admin, they'll jump on it and be like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. And we start working on it and it's either something that's kind of complicated and they say, this is what, it, what you should do, now go figure it out. Or it just kind of fizzles out and you never really establish a routine with it. So when I went to my first meeting for the Excel program, I was a little bit hesitant just because I thought this is just going to be another, um, you know, new way or what are the, yeah, a new technique and, and we're not going to actually stick with it and they're not going to give us actual stuff to do, but I was so impressed. Like if the, if the Excel team um, wants to run for president, I would totally, I mean, it's either Chick-fil-A or the Excel team because that's <clears throat> when I think of the Excel team from the state department, they have, they've run the whole program so well, just like Chick-fil-A does their drive-through. And so that's, either one could, could run pause you there because anything with government should not be compared to Chick-fil-A. So the fact that you are impresses me just already. So keep going. <laughs> well, don't you feel like if, if our government could run the country as Chick-fil-A runs, you know, their, their restaurant, we'd be, we'd be golden. Oh yeah. But, golden. <laughs> Absolutely anyway, golden. I digress. <laughs> so <laughs> we go to this first um, meeting and I'm so impressed because they've done all of this research. They sat down as a team and they said, um, what can we do for ELA and, and math? And they've added some other uh, subjects in as well, science and history, but they started with math and ELA. So I'll, I'll talk about the ELA portion. They said, what are kids lacking in the state of Oklahoma and what can we do to, to help that. So when they were looking at the data and state test scores, um, the writing portion was really low across the board. So they did all of this research trying to find out um, what would be the best way to um, work with students on writing, what would be one change that we can make that would be simple and something that we wouldn't have to add a lot of um, work for the teacher, but that would make a big impact. And so what they came up with was um, the uh, CFS criteria for success. And basically the criteria for success, um, you start with, you're going to start with your standards. And from that standard, um, you create a learning goal, um, something that uh, is attainable, that students will understand the vocabulary and that fits those standards. And then you make your criteria for success. What specifically are you looking for in their writing? So um, it just depends on the age group of uh, how many different um, areas may be in your CFS. But for instance, um, 
for instance, in eighth grade in the state of Oklahoma, um, one of our standards talks about um, argument essays, argumentative essays. So they made a learning goal. So students will be able to write an argument paragraph using evidence from the text. That's the learning goal. And then when, um, and so they teach and they're going through what they're going to do. And then they make sure that the students have a checklist of things that they can check out to see, did I get everything that I need? Once, a, uh, once they have the um, target and they've taught the lesson specifically what they want, what, uh, they want the students to um, have in their writing, then they make a criteria for success, which is just a checklist. So this one for the eighth grade um, standard was, your argument paragraph includes a topic sentence that states the main idea of the paragraph, one to two pieces of evidence, which would be directly quoted or paraphrased, two to three sentences explaining or expanding on your evidence, and then a closing sentence that connects to your claim. So it sounds really simple and like, oh, why haven't we done that before? But it feels like with writing, when you get a, any kind of writing from a student, it feels very, um, first of all, it's very personal to the student, so you don't want to um, you know, make them feel bad or, or hurt their feelings in any way, because a lot of times you're putting your heart out there. Um, and so it's very personal to the student. And then also you get a piece of writing from a student and there's so many grammar errors and the syntax is wrong and they don't have a thesis statement, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many things that can go wrong in a writing that as a teacher, you look at it and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to begin. So you get that red uh, marker out, or in our case, um, you highlight everything and um, add comments, and then they never look at it. So it feels like it's not um, a good process for either the teacher or the student. So this criteria for success gives specifically to the student and the teacher what we need in this writing and then when the student is going through and working on their writing they can say oh i have a topic sentence let me check that off um do i have a closing sentence i didn't so let me put that in and then i can check that off and then as a teacher when we go back to grade uh grading is um, really quick and swift and um you can look at their criteria for success okay i needed a topic sentence they didn't have one let me make a note so that's kind of, um, in a nutshell, what the criteria for success is, with just a checklist that fits your standards, the learning goal that you made, and then what your students are supposed to have within whatever writing they're doing. It doesn't have to be a, a huge essay. It can just be a paragraph. Um, but one of the main things about criteria for success is it has to be something that you've taught. So if you've never taught how to um, put direct quotes in uh, a piece of writing, you couldn't have that on your criteria for success. Right, because you didn't set them up for success in that regard. Right, yes. <laughs> so, so basically, it just sounds like a, a simplified rubric. In the high school world or middle school world, could they potentially add points next to it to make it a rubric? Could I put points next to it to make it a like a uh, but call it a criteria for success, a rubric isn't so scary. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? 
Okay, so that's actually one of the things that um, the State Department talked about. So our criteria for success, we do not give it a grade because a lot of times with a grade, um, you know, for once a student gets their final grade, they're kind of like, okay, I'm finished, and then that's it. So we want students to understand that a writing, a piece of writing is never finished. Um, there's just a due date. So we have a criteria for success, but then also we'll create a rubric um, for, the, for the actual grading part. So the rubric would have these ideas, maybe um, elaborated a little bit more. Um, I use a lot of our K-12 rubrics with writings, and so I already have that, but then there's these specifics that I'm looking for for that student. So if that student has these criteria, then they're gonna get um, a good mark on the rubric and that will be their grade. But um, the State Department suggests do not use it for a grade because um, for you know whatever reasons, the psychology behind grades, um, students will kind of shut down. So if we look at this as, this is how we can be successful. Oh, look, you don't have this. Let's go back and fix it. So really, I guess I shouldn't say the word grade for teachers. This is just looking to see uh, the criteria for success is looking to see, do you have these parts in your writing that I'm looking for? Um, so it's and really then, like a, sorry, it's just like a teaching tool. So it's during the actual teaching process. Um, and then, so, okay, so let me just summarize what I've been hearing. So it's a checklist. I could probably continue to add to the checklist as I keep teaching. So after I've taught the, the dialogue, I could just add that to the end of the already made checklist. Uh, is that? Yes. Okay. In, in fact, yeah. So you could add that to a checklist or each time you do a writing, it could be a new checklist. So um, for my sixth grade students, um, I always had punctuation and correct spelling because if I didn't add that they wouldn't go back to look at it so that's one thing I always had in my criteria for success um, your your narrative includes um, uh, correct spelling and punctuation but if you have been doing a narrative and you've you've taught dialogue and you've already you've done a criteria for success with dialogue they're good at it they have it but there's another part, maybe you want to work on setting. So then on your next criteria for success, you may have specifics about setting. It just kind of depends on where your students are and, and how they're doing with uh, their writing skills. Okay. So, so it's a criteria, so, sorry. Um, so this is one of my questions. I did some research on the criteria success uh, and I found that it's not, this is like on a Google trend, it's not there. No one's searching for or criteria for success. Uh, so is this something just relatively new or is it taking this concept and just giving it a fancy name? Um, is this something the state, the state just came up with? Um, where did it originate from or where did it come from? Yes, that's a great question. So when they were doing all of their research um, and they were researching writing and how students, um, how, how they do best in writing and um, not even just writing, they looked at other things in life. Um, uh, they talked about a football or a basketball coach, a really great one. And 
I'm John, oh man, I want to say his last name is Woodson. I probably should know that. But um, they looked at his, he was a great coach. He had a wonderful winning percentage. And they wanted to look at what was that feedback that he was giving. So, um, so I guess, let me back up. So when they were doing their research, they found that feedback was the best and most effective way to help students um, get better in the writing. So they looked at all of these different areas. And when they looked at this coach um, and his success, they looked at um, specifically his feedback and all of his feedback, um, most of it, like 90 something percent of his feedback was, this is what you need to do. Um, when you go up for a layup, you need to do this. When you block out, you need to do this. Instead of just saying, oh, great job, you made a basket. So instead of just giving those um, empty accolades, um, or just saying, you know, your, your, uh, your intro paragraph wasn't great. Instead of giving those kind of nonspecifics, um, all of their research said when you give feedback that is very specific that a student can respond to, then that's when they're going, that's going to make the biggest impression and help them the most in their writing. So when you're putting together a criteria for success, um, we want to make sure that we can observe the student doing it. So we can actually see, yes, the student has a topic sentence. Um, and we want to make sure, can we record data about the student's progress? And, and there was a whole data section. Um, and so we want to make sure that we can see, yes, the student did it, and yes, I can make a check mark, or I can, you know, put a smiley face, something, however I'm, I'm um, collecting my data. So is it something you can actually monitor? Um, we want to make sure the criteria is aligned to your learning goals, which come from your standards. You want to make sure your students understand the language of the criteria. So if a student hasn't learned, um, what a protagonist and antagonist is, then you really couldn't say, okay, make sure that there's dialogue between your protagonist and antagonist in your narrative. So you wanna make sure it's stuff that they know and if it's anything you need to teach, then, then you get that taught. And then also you wanna see, will these criteria lead to success? So if my students are making sure that they have these in their um, essay or their writing, their paragraph, whatever, is that going to help them master those writing skills. Okay, that's really great. So it sounds like um, I can just make the steps, but I need to teach the steps. So is there, is there a um, is there a step by step for teaching writing? Is is there like a general? Uh, step to success or criteria for success for writing in general or is there is it specific for like opinion persuasive and narrative and uh, nonfiction or um so that is where um i wish so if, if you could if one of us could make a criteria for success how to write a paper um that probably would make a lot of money because um, uh, I don't think, I mean, there's all these ideas and, and different techniques and whatnot, but there's nothing that says you teach this, then you teach this, then you teach this. So that's really up to the uh, teacher and um, hopefully that teacher in, understands writing, understands their standards and um, can uh, 
create um, lessons that teach those standards and then um, this criteria for success is like okay we talked about um, setting so your narrative needs to include or your narrative includes a setting that tells time and place so if you've taught that then you can put that in the criteria for success now just teaching writing in general oh man um, there's so many I mean outside of criteria for success um, the biggest thing with writing uh, I, I think first of all writing and reading go hand in hand um, my best writers I can always tell that they're readers. And then when I ask him, hey, do you like to read? Yes, I love to read, I read all the time. And I'm not sure why. I don't know if just like they're inherently picking up syntax and um, their mind's already kind of in that direction of writing, but my readers are always my best writers. So I, I believe that to be a strong writer, you have to be a reader. And then um, to be a strong writer, you have to write. So if you go in, and only ask your students to write uh, one paper and they have, they've not written anything before, then that's going to be difficult because they have to have that practice of getting their thoughts and ideas either down on paper or onto you know, the Google Doc or the Microsoft Word. So uh, writing every day, and it doesn't even have to be anything formal, just giving them a prompt and letting them write and then, um, when you are getting into more formal writing, um, really have a good template. A lot of people like for younger students, the, the hamburger model, where the intro is the top bun, the um, conclusion is the bottom bun, and then those body paragraphs are all the different parts of the hamburger in the middle. So really, the way that you teach, that's probably going to depend on uh, the teacher and um, what they're comfortable with but we have to have our students writing all the time. So yeah, with that in mind, knowing that most virtual schools have gone to a 30 minute class period time, and what's your best advice for a teacher like me who's not teaching writing specifically, I teach mainly just reading and math, and then, or, and then there's other teachers that teach like history and science or just math, but, I know there's lots of research proving that writing supports all those subject matters. What would your what would your best advice be for those teachers to start implementing some writing, but feeling this, sorry, this is going to be a very long-winded question, but I personally feel pressure to kind of throw it out because of state testing. It's not something my kids are going to be tested on per se, but I know that it's important. So what would your best advice be for me to make it simple, but, but still gonna help all my other goals? <laughs> yes, right. So, um, so let's say that, um, uh, let's say that um, maybe, a, those 30 minutes are, are difficult. Um, it, maybe if you're, if you're bell ringer, uh, maybe you have a place for them um, to go in and, and do maybe writing in a, in a Google Doc or um, a, a Google survey. So then you'll you can make that into um, a sheet where you can see everything. So maybe at the beginning of class, give them um, a prompt and um, 
have that prompt. It, maybe if it's something that you guys have read, um, ask them. Um, I don't even know what you guys read in the elementary school, but let's see. So you read, you've read Cinderella. <laughs> in the very beginning, we read a whole, so in fourth grade, we read Cinderella. We read a okay. ton of different kinds of Cinderella's from all different kinds of cultures. So oh, maybe so that'll kinda, give okay. you give you an idea. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, um, so you're reading Cinderella and you, let's say you've read two versions. And, um, so maybe your, um, your bell ringer could be, um, right about the similarities and differences between Cinderella A and Cinderella B. Um, a successful answer will include a, um, and you may not even use the word topic sentence. So, but whatever you're working on there, um, your uh, a successful answer will include um, characteristics that are the same, characteristics that are different, um, an opening sentence, and a closing sentence. Maybe something like that. So then you're still you're still you still can work with those um, reading type standards. Or the math type standards. Uh, if you're, when you're doing math, you could have some type of um, a bell ringer, um, maybe a which one doesn't belong math-wise, and then they have to answer it in um, in a paragraph form using a Google survey. And it could be um, a successful answer will include your reason, uh, which one you believe doesn't belong, and then your reasoning why. Or maybe they, maybe you're working on uh, multiplication, and you have them write a a word problem, and then they have to actually give you the answer of the word problem. So something like that. Anytime you can get them writing, even if it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be a paragraph. Even if you're just writing sentences. So if you're doing something um, uh, on the whiteboard and uh, you're giving them a question, have them write that question or write their answer in a complete sentence. And if you always will just, you know, complete sentence, complete sentence, that helps them to, to start getting that kind of ingrained in, in their I'm mind. I'm guilty of not doing that. <laughs> so I definitely need to start doing that and pushing them because of everything you just said. It's going to support them as they get older and because in fifth grade they take an actual writing test in fourth grade they just uh do a constructive response so and right now i do those live i went we do teacher grade assignments they come in and do a constructive response and i need to do a better job of prepping them for that and just having them write sentences and those mm -hmm. bell ringers are are spot on that's exactly those types of questions that they're going to be asked so that's perfect so any other advice that you would have for, so we got the bell ringers. Is there any other suggestions that you might have for us that are not teaching writing? Just, uh, just one more idea if you have one. Yeah, so um, even your exit tickets, I mean, the bell ringer and exit ticket, those are kind of, kind of this, you know, they could be the, the same type thing. But um, if you will make sure in your exit ticket that they're, they're answering in complete sentences, even if it's math, um, and you, they, the answer is uh, maybe maybe their math problem came out to the answer being 81. Then they have to tell you in a complete sentence why their answer was 81. So that works on those cognitive skills as well. Um, would you do then, that in like, again, a Google uh, 
survey form, whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, I would just because once you've made that Google survey, uh, there's this really cool button you can push and it turns into a Google, forget what they're called. It's like an Excel in yeah. Google. Yeah. And so you have all of your students and all of their answers right there. Um, so then you can, you can look at it and, um, so when I do that, when I have an exit ticket or a bell ringer and a student, uh, I give them a criteria for success, your answer will include uh, these three things um, and they didn't do it, then I'll email that to them and say, hey, you, you left out this criteria for success. And that's probably the biggest thing about um, uh, writing and the Oklahoma Excel project is we don't just give them this, this these check boxes. Um, we actually go back and give them feedback on it. And that feels really difficult in 30 minutes. And um, just because our students, um, a lot of them are, are so far behind in writing, I've actually added um, two writing workshops a week that are optional. So we have more time to work on writing. But um, even in that 30 minutes, if they're working on writing, whatever it is, and then, and I have them in breakout rooms, I can pop into those different breakout rooms. Their um, criteria for success is right there um, with them and they're typing and I can say, oh, it looks like you, yeah. So yeah, you have a setting. Okay, now you're gonna go to major conflict. So you can just go through and um, pop through really quickly into those rooms because they know you're looking for these three things and so they can work on those. And then if you get to a student that maybe doesn't have one of those um, check boxes completed um, or they're having an issue, then you can give that reteaching moment or just just uh, some good feedback that they can use. And then like I in also- that setting, Sorry, I feel like in that setting, you could actually have like two boxes, one on the left and one on the right, one for them to check and then one for you to check as you come in. Is that sufficient? So yes, so on that, we've talked about what it is, we've talked about what we can do for our kids, but we haven't talked really about how to give that feedback. Is that sufficient enough? Uh, or you mentioned just emailing them back to, does it need to be more than just like, yep, I see this and this, but I'm not seeing this. Um, how do you yeah. give that feedback back? Yes, yeah, so um, I it just depends on students. I have some students that they really like that um, email feedback. And then when I give that feedback, that's, we're not just finished. Then they have to go back to that piece of writing, whether it's one sentence in an exit survey or um, on a, a paragraph or an essay we're working on, and they have to fix it. And so they may email me back and say, well, Ms. Bryson, I don't know, I don't know how to add this setting. And so um, then I'll either uh, create a, a class connect, just a one-on-one -on -one where we can go in and work together or um, call them on the phone and we will have a Google uh, doc open so we both can look at it at the same time. And then I'll, I'll um, work them uh, through whatever we're working on. Um, a lot of times kids will have or students will have ideas in their head but they don't know how to get it on paper. And so I'll say, well, let me type and you just tell me what you're thinking. And I've had a lot of success with um, students just talking and I'll get everything they said down on a Google Doc and then be like, look what you just came up with. These are brilliant ideas. And then we go back together and I show them how to clean it up. I mean, it, it can be a tedious process, um, especially with students who are not readers and they haven't had a lot of, of writing experience. 
So what I'm um, hearing is the criteria for success for our writers is simply just reading uh, first and foremost. That seems to be a big indicator. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes down here. Um, so reading first and foremost, and then feed or the criteria for success, and then feedback is are those like the three big things that I would need as a teacher. <laughs> yes, okay. yes, so make sure they're, they're reading like every day, that is so important. Um, they're getting to write every day. They have a criteria for success that lets them see specifically what they need in that writing and then give them um, feedback on that writing. And it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to, um, you don't have to give that feedback every day. That would be kind of tedious. If yeah, you give I'm a writing. That might be day. a little overwhelming. <laughs> yes. For me. So I don't <laughs> think you have to do that every time. Okay. However, when you're looking, um, so let's say that you do, you do your bell ringer and you're looking later on at um, everyone's answers. And if everyone basically, um, you know, most of your kids got it, then we're good. If it looks like, um, some people are having in, um, some issues with one specific thing, then maybe on the next day, kind of do that as, as a whole group um, bill ringer, just on that one specific idea. And it doesn't have to be just writing standards. It can be, um, you know, anything that you're working on can, can have a criteria for success. For instance, um, this isn't school related, but um, for, for our children at home, uh, we could have a criteria for success for cleaning their rooms because my daughter, her her thought of clean and my thought of clean are two totally different thoughts. So criteria for success, a clean room will have a made bed, no trash on the floor, all um, clothes hung up, nothing under the bed. You know, so anything you're doing can have a criteria for success, no matter no matter if it's um, school related or not. So you really have to think about um, what, uh, what that standard is that you're looking at and what is the goal for those students. So maybe you're working on multiplication and you give your students a, um, a question, their criteria for success, maybe it's that they actually write the question down and um, work out that question on paper, something like that. So- yeah, criteria for success can, can work anywhere. It's just a checklist so students know specifically what the teacher expects. Right. Is there any power or, um, I've seen teachers use like an online diary type thing or an online resource. Would that be for those teachers who feel like, okay, I hear you, I hear you, Nicole, that uh, we need to have them write every day, but I just don't feel it's possible. Could we have our students at least write daily in like a, I forget what it's called right now. I should have looked it up prior to this, but um, I know Stacy like Dillon's out there listening to me and she's, yeah, like <laughs> Stacy Dillon, uh, all about that class uses it with her kids. Is there, uh -huh. I'm sure she's like, yes, Kim, there's lots of power in that, but is there like, would that be something that I could have my kids do on those days where I feel like they can't write? Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, even if, so um, I, I love the idea of an online journal or like an online interactive notebook, even Padlet, anywhere to get students writing. Um, I don't know if the elementary school has it, but we have discussion posts. 
and I, I mm -hmm. just used them this year, but um, no. uh, that, yeah, that, that might be, be cool. hard for little kids, but um, anything you can do to get them writing. And it, and I totally understand teachers don't have time to like go back and, and make sure, well, did this student have, um, you know, did they punctuate, yada, yada. But one of the big things with writing is just getting comfortable putting your ideas down on paper. So even if you don't have time to go back and say, um, and give them that feedback on what they're writing, if you can just get them to write every day, I think that is, um, that's so important just to get their wills thinking, their, their mind turning, and being able to get what's in their head onto the screen or a piece of paper. I think, because uh, I was thinking I could definitely do something like that, and then that would at least open up the door for my kids who might not want to put something down, even like in a classroom where it feels like it might even just be slightly graded, as you mentioned, that that might be, uh, like even I'm thinking even of the kids who might think the criteria for success might be too much. Like just 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 thinking about them because I've written a novel and I don't even want to go back and edit it because I know the criteria for success, but and I don't even want to face my my mistakes. I don't even want to, and it's my book. And so, uh, but I had a lot of freedom just to write. I love that part of it. I love the writing part of it and not having to edit it, not just putting my thoughts down. And so I was thinking I could at least do something like that and reward those for just even doing it and like yeah. having maybe a weekly, uh, let's think of a name real quick, um, weekly writer reward. I don't know. And like give them a shout out in the newsletter for writing mm -hmm. in the, just writing, just period. Um, yeah. And you could what give you them you you could give them really um really just fun prompts. Um, you know, Dale Carnegie says that everyone um the the um honey to their ears is your own name. So if they get to write about themselves, talk about themselves, everybody loves to do that. Um so give them a chance to just write about themselves or write whatever they want. Um and um if you don't have a criteria for success for that, you know, you're, you're not actually um, looking for specifics, that's okay. Especially when, when they're, they're young and they're just starting out. Yes, I say, there may be people out there that are gonna hear this like, you're doing it wrong, kid. But um, for me, I think, especially when they're young, just let them write and get their ideas and their feelings and their thoughts down on paper so that when they do begin making those constructed um, uh, responses, then they, they feel more comfortable with it because they've been doing it. Yeah. So that's kind of my mindset, just getting them comfortable and that just be just strictly for fun. And then when they come yes. to my class, they're like, I've been writing. I know how to write. I've written sentences right. in my little online yeah. journal thing. So yes. Uh, I can at least um, attempt this. <laughs> do, you, do you have, um, I don't know how the OLS is set up, but do you guys have like a, an, an announcement page where students can see announcements or maybe uh, a, a content area? So we're getting a new OLS and I'm really excited about it. Uh, and it, I don't know. <laughs> right now we do have announcements, but they have to like click on it, even look at them. And in the new one, I think it's going to be, they click on messages and then it's just there. I still am like, push that out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like right. my phone. Yes. 
Like uh-huh. make it known that I have yeah. made an announcement. announcement. I know. I, I, I wish. I love that idea. I put that so, in there, but it, I don't, I don't think, I think people, I think the students and the parents that they've asked probably feedback for, if they even did it, we're like, no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Quit> right. <that. laughs> for sure. Well, one of the things that I've done, um, and this may be easier, like how many students do you have total? I will have the lowest I've ever had is 40 and the highest I've ever had was 80. So somewhere okay, in there. So, okay. <laughs> so a good number, a good chunk. Um, one thing that uh, kids really like to um, like share. And so one thing that we do is uh, um, I do student spotlights for students who come to class, participate, you know, getting their work um, taken care of, and they get to make their own um, uh, like PowerPoint about themselves, whatever they want to make, a video, whatever. Um, you could do something with writing, and then I have an actual place that I've made in the content, and I just put, that's where I put all of their stuff that they want to make that they want to share with others. So if you had maybe a place like Student Spotlight, some content or an announcement, something where um, if somebody writes something and that they're, they're really proud of, or if somebody writes something that you're proud of, then you can say, oh my goodness, can I share this in Student Spotlight? And then you could um, either put it in your Class Connect and be like, hey, Student Spotlight time, let's take two minutes and look at, you know, Johnny J's um, writing or have a place in the content where you could put it so then the kids could go look you at it. put and, it in the content, do you mean like, so right now what I'm, what I'm envisioning is making it its own lesson because uh, I do have that capability as an elementary teacher to make it an individual lesson and then yes. I can make it not required, no due date, no yes. points. Is that what? Right. Okay. Yes, that's, yeah. So make it a lesson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, what, um. Yeah, when I say content, uh, like our like our, our lessons, yeah, all the yeah, middle our, school and high school people know what you're talking about, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yes, make a lesson, and it's just a place where they can go go check it out, and um, you could also show it during during class as well. And then if they write something about themselves, um, you know, you could let them be really creative and write it, and then maybe make an um, an uh, an animoto with it or an iMovie or just make um, like a, a PowerPoint slide with their writing and maybe some pictures. I mean, they could be really creative and that just gives them an outlet to, to get to write. And then a place where um, other students can look at it and be like, oh, look what he made or, or they can, can go look at it themselves. The students give them feedback? Like I, or. Well, I guess you could let the students give them feedback. Like, um, this is a really I don't know if, or, you know. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, they could say, man, yeah, great story, or I really like that, or um, it, it wouldn't be, like, probably constructive feedback, like, you know, you really needed a topic sentence in paragraph three, it wouldn't be yeah, that kind of like feedback, it. but yeah, you could make it to where students could, you know, say that's great, or whatever. I, and this yeah, may, I can envision, like, making another form or something like that, mm-hmm. or if, it, if I put it in, like, Google... Mm-hmm. There is a part where you can put comments on certain things, but I'd want to make sure that I could approve those so that way I could mm-hmm. weed out any negative right. negativity yes. if if yes. any, if there was right. So um, I think in the if if you did it in the content, I mean this may oh my goodness this 
this may be a little bit of work for the teacher, <laughs> but um, so if you had maybe, so here I have Kimberly's writing and Nicole thinks it's wonderful and I have a little link where Nicole can click on that link and, and, and give her feedback. Oh my goodness, Kimberly, this was wonderful. Um, I love Disney World too, whatever, whatever. And then when you get that, you could check it and then you could just put that in, um, in, in that lesson. So yeah, uh, that was my idea or just mm -hmm. take that Excel and take out the names and just forward it on, um, to, yes. to the kids. So they had it. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, Cause I love feedback. I love, I love that kind of stuff too. And, mm -hmm. but I'm an right. orange and, um, I just love that kind of stuff. And I'm sure my kids do too. So, right. Uh, and that might make them more inclined to write knowing that, Hey, I'm going to get some positive feedback potentially. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know. So I might yeah. have to make up a ton of them. If no kid, if a kid doesn't, <laughs> if none of my kids respond to it, but just so the kid has something, but, um, yeah. You know, I just, I'm trying to think of ideas to get my kids to write because I know that's, I know that's powerful. I know there's tons of research out there proving that writing, even just like a sentence or two supports math and, and all those aspects, every content area, but it's just something I know as a teacher, I'm not doing enough of. And even one of my big standards is summarize and they have to use like main idea and detail, but they don't have to actually write it themselves. But I know if they do write it themselves, they're going to be able to identify it better. And so that's where I'm struggling. So I just, I just need to do more of it. So. Well, uh, just remember, I would say if, if, if anyone feels overwhelmed with writing, um, just remember that whatever you can do, especially if it's not one of your standards and, and you have the younger grades, um, whatever you can do, even if it's just um, answer the question, answer the bell ringer in chat in a complete sentence. And, and the then thing that, sorry, they, we all uh -huh. have writing standards. So every yeah. grade level has writing standards. They're just not tested. And that's, that's true. And that's yeah. the problem that I have with state testing with any kind of state testing and is that if we, if we're going to have this pressure, let's have this pressure, <laughs> you know, like if we're going to do yeah. this, let's do this. And if we're going to have these standards, let's test them. But, um, but I, I, who's going to listen to me? So, but we, we got to do what's right anyway, but because we have the pressure, sometimes we focus just on, I mean, that's, sorry, I, I could talk about this all day because we have those blueprints and we have to, we, we got this is going to be the majority of the test but this mm -hmm. isn't so i feel more pressure to teach this big chunk than this little or right. and right <laughs> well if you can just if, if you can incorporate if you can incorporate writing into those big chunks even if it's just even if it's just in um sentences one at a time just to get them writing in and to give them that practice well, you've, you've given me a lot to talk, uh, to think about, to talk about, and I think I'm definitely going to make some journals. I like the idea of the spotlight because mm -hmm. if anything, I feel like if, if nothing else I've gotten out of you, that I've gotten out of this, out of you in this conversation is that we, we gotta at least get them started. Mm -hmm. And if they're not even comfortable writing about themselves, then they're not going to be comfortable writing about the main idea of Cinderella. They're, right. They're not. And 
and then in my class have some criteria of success to give them a yellow brick road per se and uh and and then give them some constructive feedback doesn't have to be every day but it should be frequent enough to help them grow yes yeah and i i like to think of it as um like going on a trip and you're driving somewhere if um if you don't know where you're going um and you don't know uh you know your end destination you don't know you don't you don't know the roads to get there you're so focused on getting there that you don't enjoy or look at everything else around you but if you know specifically i'm going to get to my end destination by going this way this way this way then i get to look around and enjoy you know what's on the road right. so i feel like that's the same with riding if you have a, a planned destination for that riding it makes it um easier and, and allows you to kind of enjoy it more which is so true because when you think about the best shows on television like lost and uh some other shows out there that I can't think of what saved the show was having an ending when the writer said hey we're gonna end it this is when we're gonna end it this is how it's going to end mm-hmm. that made the writing so much better and the show the show better oh that's so true yes it, yeah. and it, I, so exactly you're on point there so that's absolutely right so all right well we're coming up to the end of our time is there anything else about writing that we weren't that I didn't ask about, but you think that should be shared? Um, I do want to share just, um, so we, two things that we did with the um, Oklahoma Excel program is we really wanted to see what the mindset of our students were um, um, when it comes to writing. And so um, every other week we would give them just uh, a five question, really quick survey. And it was anonymous. Um, In the last week, did you work on getting better at your writing? if you want to get better at writing, is it important to share writing? Do you know what your teacher was looking for in your writing? Think about last week. Did you and your teacher talk about how you were writing to, or your writing could get better, how it could get better? These are all yes or no's. And then which was the most important in writing class this week? Turning in my writing, finishing my writing, making sure my writing is always getting better, filling up the whole page with my writing. And then the last question, which of these best describes how you feel when your teacher reads your writing? Excited, scared, embarrassed, proud. So in the beginning, when we gave these surveys, um, kids didn't know what teachers were looking for. They weren't getting feedback. They didn't understand what feedback was, um, probably because they they weren't getting it like they should. And then um, they would say that the most important part was turning it in on time or turning it in without mistakes. And then in the beginning, they would say that they were embarrassed or scared for their teacher to read their writing. But as we went through this and we talked to them and we said, hey, we just want to get better at writing. It's not about being the best. We just Um, But by the end, uh, they knew they were answering that they were excited for teachers to read their writing. They were proud for their teacher to read their writing. And um, writing, the most important thing, was getting better. And so as as the mindset changed, um, our data changed. So we would look at the criteria for success to decide, did they master the writing this week? And our goal as um, a school was to have 75% mastery. And we actually um, went a little bit over that with um, our criteria for success. Well, awesome. So it was interesting that, <laughs> thank you, yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were really thrilled. So it's interesting that as the mindset changed, 
the criteria for success was followed and mastery um, went up, improved. And it's so interesting. I know this is a, as you mentioned this, this mindset, this almost like pulse check, that could be applied anywhere. <laughs> like I think I could do this at the very beginning of the year. How do you feel about school? Uh, what do you think is important about school? What do you, how do you feel when you turn in your math lesson or attend class? You, like that, that could be potentially be anywhere. And yes, and we could, ah, that's so powerful. <laughs> so right. I think I'm going to start doing that at all. Yes. Um, it's probably just generally speaking overall about school, but yeah. Yeah. But that what that does is um, when you when you see how your students are feeling, then that opens up um, room for conversation that, you know, um, math, uh, you know, that it's 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 something that we want to get better at. You don't don't worry about being perfect at math. There's all these different ways to get to because there's such a stigma with math. And I feel like if we talk about it more, kind of like with writing, there's kind of a stigma with writing. And the more you talk about it and talk about, we just want to get better, then the students um, aren't as um, uptight or nervous or scared. It definitely opens up the door for conversation, but it also requires them to self-assess and self-reflect on their own feelings about that subject matter, which yes. in and itself is so powerful which is the whole point I was like, I could do journaling where they have to literally self-reflect or be creative. And cause that's part of the, part of my, the novel I wrote was a grieving project. I was grieving, I was depressed and I was grieving my mom and my character. And I recommend this to anyone who's grieving. My character was experiencing the exact same things that I was. And so I was able to live through her and see myself from the outside in a way that I wouldn't have been able to any other way. And so these mindset surveys that you just talked about is gonna force them to see themselves from the outside and which is extremely powerful. So Nicole, I think yes. we just came up with something. So <laughs> Yes, and not not just powerful for the student themselves. But, but us, yeah. A, but yes, yeah. for the teacher, because sometimes, even though I've been doing this almost two decades now, sometimes I'm naive enough to think that these students grew up just like I did. Both parents at home, dinner every night at the kitchen table, you know, um, uh, books all over the place. Um, and so I, I'm, I have to remember that these students are having different life experiences and um, it, it opens my eyes that, oh, this is how they're feeling. I need to make sure that I'm doing, doing this to, to help them with those feelings or to work through them or, or to, um, you know, give them encouragement, whatever. So I, I love it for, for the teacher as well. So we don't, so we know who our students are. Which is, yeah, so important because I think, I'm thinking, and I think this about with almost every teacher I ever talk to, I wish I had known this last year. I wish I had known this my first year teaching because I can't help but think of all the students I might have neglected just because I simply didn't know how to open the door. And yes. so this, uh, so this in itself will probably help open those doors for me to be able to really know my kids in a way that I've never asked before. And it was simply just because I didn't know how. So, right. Um, so I love this. I love all this writing um, advice, but I think this last one that you just shared is probably the most powerful piece of advice that you gave me. And I'm, I'm, 
I'm forever grateful for that. So well, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. Uh, so just one more thing about, yeah, um, uh, not about writing, but just you got me thinking about students and getting to know them in relationships. Um, I have a fun day Friday that's just a social time for my students. And if you have, um, anybody can come, come play and, and hang out, but you have to have a C um, or better to play the whole time. And if you don't have a C or better, then you have to work on something, at least one, you know, one assignment, um, to, and then you can come play. But that has been so beneficial, getting to know my students, and they're kind of get to know you games, and um, or just whiteboard games, and we play for an hour and visit, and I think that's one of the things that has helped a lot as well, just having that um, relationship outside of, of Class Connect time. Absolutely, and is that something that you, so it's not a normal CC time, like it's in an addition to, like a? Yes, it's okay, an addition, make yes. Sure. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I kind of, I always add more to my plate. <laughs> um, so I would have two extra um, classes with writing workshop and then an extra um, uh, time for Fun Day Friday. That's awesome though, that, um, that you did that for your kids and putting them first, because that's really what we're all about. So, um, so yeah, well, Nicole, thanks again for, for hopping on. I so appreciate you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That was, that was uh, an honor to be asked. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of season two. It's so nice to be behind the mic again. As we reflect on today's episode, how might you use writing and criteria success in your classroom next week? I will put some references in the description of the episode referring back to research that proves that writing can be used cross-curricular to improve academic achievement. I have also have some ideas on how you might use writing next week. I've heard of teachers using Seesaw in the younger grades. In the upper grades, maybe a Google slide deck that they can write in, one for each day, a slide for each day. Or there's websites like Boom Writer that students could use to write and then at the end of the year actually turn it into a book. On the other side, how could you use criteria in other areas besides writing? I was thinking maybe a criteria success on how to find main idea and turn it into a summary paragraph or how to solve word problems. There's so much that could be used here. Thank you, Nicole, for hopping on. And I'll see you guys next week. As always, be brave, take a risk, but above all, have fun. See you next time. Bye.